isn't that's why it's not a water sign it's because it's a water bearer not mm-hmm. a water so it's the person who's like giving water to the land carrying life and yeah yeah making, making meaning out of it and protecting in a way exactly um, protecting and looking out for it for sure and telling us what to do exactly <laughs> i was gonna say what their very opinionated ideas <laughs> of how things should be yep Welcome to Coco Astrology, the Chocoholics Guide to the Universe. I'm Jen. And I'm Kara. In this podcast, two soul sisters hailing from planet Earth were brought together by the forces of the universe. We're here to take you on an otherworldly adventure, delving into the mystical cosmos and unlocking the secrets of the zodiac. But hold on to your astral hats. That's just the tip of the galactic iceberg because we're doing it all while indulging in the ancient food of the gods, cacao. So buckle up, fellow earthlings. Grab your favorite bar. Because we're about to take you on a journey that will leave you craving chocolate and astrology like never before. Welcome to Coco Astrology. When the moon is in the seventh house, and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets, and love will steer the stars. This is Since the dawning, the dawning of, the of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. It's the age of Aquarius, baby. <laughs> Aquarius. <laughs> nice i love it i love it yes. everybody car's got much better voice than me so uh step way on to go. over <laughs> it's time to get enlightened and liberated i.e get naked like they did in hair <laughs> i love it the 1969 musical jenna i actually performed that in college i don't want to tell you if i um declothed or not but yes i did Oh my gosh. Wow, that's really cool. So you can now now you basically just admitted that you did declothe, right? You got naked, baby. I did, but when my parents came, I I chose accordingly. Like you didn't have to do the whole thing. Oh you know? that's amazing. You could you could choose how you felt in the moment. That's cool. So what did you do? You have like a bodysuit on or something underneath? Um, I just had <laughs> <laughs> tights. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Welcome to Aquarius. No one you know the song so well. That totally makes sense. (laughs) Yes, and I and the last song, which we can end with if we really feel like it, is Let the Sunshine In. (laughs) I love it. Speaking of sunshine, we actually have been getting some sun. The only thing is it's been coupled with snow and uh, negative degrees. That's kind of a mixed blessing and it's yeah, kind exactly. of fun <laughs> it's a cusp kind of weather right doesn't know what it wants to be <laughs> it's like when you're standing in your front yard and you're like in half the rain half half sun that have ever, i don't know if that's ever happened to you but it happened to me when i was a kid and i was so excited of course you could see a rainbow in the sky oh like microclimate they call it <laughs> is that what they call it well in in, here in hawaii that happens like on a daily basis I've yeah it seeing, rains a lot right yeah like it rains often and then it's like hot and like hot as f <laughs> sometimes when those clouds roll in you're like dying of heat because it's like so humid and you're just like almost hotter than if it was just clear and sunny so it's weird Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you need to listen to the hair soundtrack while you're out in the heat. 
<laughs> Maybe. You know <laughs> Speaking of great weather, I wonder how it is over in Iceland, um, where Mr. <laughs> Thor Iceland? Oh, from Omnom, yes. Yes. I just want to say it was just wonderful, again, to interview with him and to be just connected with him because he did send me a really nice package from Omnom Chocolate, so I can't wait to taste all that and send you a little care package, Jen. Amazing. I'm so excited. That's so cool of you, Thor. Thank you so much, Cara yeah. and Thor. You're welcome, he says at the camera. <laughs> and he did listen to our episode, and he sent us a message that was cool. just made me really smile, and I think it's going to blow your mind. Okay, tell me, tell me. So he reveals that The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which you mentioned in the last episode. Yes, one of my fave movies. You listeners out there have to see it if you haven't. I know, I really need to watch it again. Uh, He mentioned that Ben Stiller and his dad became friends during the shooting of the movie because they actually filmed it in Iceland. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and he said two of his brothers and his dad worked on the movie. And so I just find it really synchronistic for us that this situation happened. That you brought that movie up. So cool. It's funny because I just feel like my cancer intuition like really piped in there because it's weird. I just immediately thought of that movie when you were talking about it because you were just talking about going on this adventure and I just sort of like had that movie in my head when he was on this adventure like in this like beautiful country land. I can't remember if in the movie if they talk about him being in Iceland or not. But it just, I remember it just such beautiful landscape and he was like traveling around on the skateboard. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That's so I cool. It's, it's just kismet. And he said that his dad really vibed with Ben Stiller and that he was so serious during shooting, but he was just a really <laughs> silly guy. And then he said this quote, the cosmos certainly have a funny sense of humor. Oh my gosh, they certainly do, don't they? Yes, well, thanks for that anecdote. It just really tied everything together for us. That is amazing. Thor, that's so cool. I just really freaking love that. Thanks, we'll see you soon in Iceland, I'm sure. Yes, we're going to come visit again. (laughs) Or at the next festival, because I'm ready to taste all the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for your care package. Coming to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) well in in this episode we are moving on to aquarius season so of course this is as we do with every first episode of the season we're gonna go over all the personality traits the symbology the mythology and of course our typical trivia and and chocolate we can't forget the chocolate don't forget the chocolate jen (laughs) you know i won't (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, but how are you doing? I know you got a chance to go to an amazing concert. So I can't wait to hear about it. Tell me more. Bitch, I'm a Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the queen. She's considered, I guess, the queen of pop. I It, it didn't really hit me till I was. Oh my gosh. She's so the queen of pop. Reconnected with all her music. I've only been listening to her. It's definitely annoying for everyone around me. But um, <laughs> but she was really fabulous for being 65, first of all. I know. Um, 65 looking like she's 16. <laughs> I know. That, you know, that's I was a little far enough away. Yeah, a little bit much maybe, but anyway. <laughs> well, she still had the dance moves. You know, her body looks good. She's fit, of course. And of course. This, the show is just really well put together in terms of her hits. Like, she really did, like, 
a journey through her career with her music and kind of hit songs from every album, at least till I stopped listening. I mean, I kind of had stopped <laughs> around the later albums, but you know, she did a couple of songs from those, but the costumes, the choreography, the amazing, like course visual effects. I mean, at one point she came out in a box, like she was in this picture frame, right? And mm-hmm. she sang Live to Tell, which is just such a good song, right? From True Blue. Yeah. Um, and Love that album. I didn't know, but that song is really dedicated to all the people who died during the AIDS crisis. So mm-hmm. it's like she's recognizing all these like figures who just had such a history and, you know, poets and writers and just different people and so it had all these images on the screen that was really neat and yeah she just talked to the audience because she's from Detroit even though a lot of people say she thinks she's from New York because she doesn't really like build up Detroit she moved when she was young but she had this like connection with the audience and she like said I hope you all are proud of me like I hope I did Detroit proud and she talked about her dad who was in the audience 92 years old oh wow how and, cool is that yeah and I guess I've seen all her concerts but she just like got emotional and I talked to somebody who went to the concert and he said I think she was on something but I don't know if she was <laughs> maybe just Aquarius highs I don't know life and um just feeling feeling yeah. really good Oh, how amazing. I didn't even think about how she would have so much tie to that. Because I knew she was from Detroit. I just didn't think about it. That's really cool. I mean, she's like, she's, I mean, what can you say, man? She's a legend for sure. She is. And apparently she's been sued by two fans who, well, maybe they're not fans because they couldn't really stay two extra hours to wait for her to open. Like, basically, she's notorious for being late and opening her shows. So she didn't go on till 1030. I got home at like almost 2 a.m. because of the distance between the venue and my house. But all this to say is like she put on a two hour and 25 minute concert. I mean, come on. Like that's a lot. She's a diva. Like you might have to wait a little while. I mean, I was bitching, but I was knew what I was getting into. So I, I just don't understand people who like. I don't know. You're paying yeah. the money to see her and you obviously are a fan and you know, she's like this. She's such a prime yeah. Leo with a lot of Virgo in her chart. So yeah, she's a little <laughs> bit of a diva. I mean, she's earned it. She's 60 plus years old and especially if she's known for that, but, but I will say two hours is a long time. Like, what did you do? Was it like a DJ or something or you just like hang out in your seats? <laughs> I just walked around with the two friends I had there and got, got a drink and like, looked at the merch and just, I mean, really just walked around, went to the bathroom a few times. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, two hours, that's a long time to wait. I will say that. (laughs) I'm really not sure what I did now that I think about it. Time just went fast. Adrenaline high. Of course. You're just excited to see her. That's so cool. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, every time I think about her, like I just think about some of my favorite songs and, and I don't know if you remember the, speech that she gave during when she won the billboard woman of the year award it was so good and she talked a little bit about how you know she was a a victim of sexism throughout her whole career Mm -hmm. and how she overcame that and it was very moving to me I thought it was a really really good speech she gave yeah I do I I do remember that I think that when we were 
in Britney's season, I remember like channeling Madonna because they had that energy and how like Britney looked up to her. And so it just made me think of like the power yes. that Madonna has the power of goodbye or hello, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, and not to take up too much more time uh, too late, but, <laughs> but <laughs> late. I don't know about you, but I mean, Aquarius season has started off really nicely. I mean, I think the planets were telling us it would, I think you told us last week, but yeah, just had a beautiful Saturday, just going to coffee shops and like eating delicious food and, and going to dance class and just like felt really alive and happy and played in the snow with my dog and just I don't know. I just had a different mindset. That's cool, Cara. Me too. I had a really great day the first day of Aquarius season. I, I too went to dance class, my first dance Yay. class in Hawaii. I was so excited to go. And um, it was a really great class. And the students were super encouraging. And oh, nice. we all like, videotaped each other. You could tell like the the vibe is just very um, supportive there. And then I also went to the botanical gardens in town and I got oh, to watch cool. the most incredible sunset I think I've seen here, which I mean, there's some amazing sunsets, but this one was really, really gorgeous. Oh, nice. And, um, what made it so beautiful or the best? I would say, I mean, it was just such a perfect amount of color in the sky. Like you could see that, like, you know, sometimes when there's a little bit of clouds in the sky, it can make it a little bit more colorful. And it was just like the perfect amount of like the sort of thin veil of clouds. You could actually watch the sun because otherwise the sun sometimes is too blinding, right? You could see the sun go down. It looked like this big orb, you know, in the horizon going down and you could see this bright orange and pink clouds around. And it was just, oh, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that sounds so much like a movie, you know? Yes. Watching a landscape, a, a widescreen film. Mm. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's like I said, it's hard to like, you know, pretty much every sense I hear is gorgeous. But I, I personally love the ones when there's like, like a lot of color. Well, good for you for stepping outside your comfort zone a little in a new place and going to take dance. And I mean, just that Aquarius that we're going to talk about because mm-hmm. soon um, is really social and really bold and in that air sign kind of way. And I feel like that independence too, it's just maybe it suits you really well over there. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Loving it. Loving it so much. Loving it so much that let's uh, hop onto the water bearer and let's do uh, it. talk yeah. about this amazing sign. Yeah, loving it so much, especially because the sign that it's kind of like an air-water combo is mm, so appropriate mm-hmm. for Hawaii, which feels a lot like an air-water, air-water, <laughs> an air-water world. <laughs> I love it. Just get used to saying it. We're going to be saying it for four weeks. Yeah. Um, so those four weeks are January 20th to February 18th. So that is the Aquarius range of dates. And this is a masculine sign. It is a fixed sign. So, you know, stubborn, I always like to say, locked into mm-hmm. the winter season. Uh, but don't worry, it loves to be on air and it loves to fly and bounce around ideas all over the place. Um, <laughs> True. I feel like such, I'm going to put my little bifocals on, Jen, and I think I'm really going to become an analytical intellectual designer or something after this, this uh, round of episodes. I love it. I love it. Well, as you know, this line is often confused by 
being a water sign when it's not. It's an air sign, as you just said, but it's represented by the water bearer. And it's actually in the constellations, actually in the sky where a lot of water signs are, which we'll talk mm. about later. So again, it's it's definitely has elements of water just like Capricorn did. That's interesting. And it makes sense when you look at the wheel that it's connected that way, right? Paving way mm-hmm. for Pisces, um, who's stuck in the deep end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you know any Aquarii in your life? I certainly do. I mean, I mentioned my friend, Tammy, who I grew up with and my dad, who is um, a late stage Aquarius. He's a more, we'll have to talk about him during cusp season for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then one of my besties, Laura has a birthday. Oh, Laura. Yes. Yeah. She's uh, just an amazing person and very cool. And my beautiful friend, Willow, who you got a chance to meet car at the chocolate festival. We had dinner with um, Willow. Yes. Willow. And, um, her birthday, she's also an Aquarian. So, I mean, I just wow. have a lot of really cool friends who are Aquarians. Happy birthday, early birthday, Willow. It was, I mean, you really had that energy and we're going to talk about it, but, oh, that's great. And then my, my niece, Stella, who, um, her birthday is actually February 18th and she's always assumed she was an Aquarius. But she actually just recently was looking at her birth chart and it said that she was actually like less than a degree into Pisces. Weird. And she kept looking at it over and over again. And she typed into a couple different um, astrology sites online and they both said that she was like, like, it was like, again, less than a degree into Pisces. And she was like, what? I never thought of myself as a Pisces. So she's truly like right on the line. She's truly on the cusp. Yes, exactly. So that'll be fun to talk about her then too. Yeah, I can't wait. I did I did kind of cheat and looked up what the cusp name was for the next one, but I won't reveal it. So Okay. <laughs> no trivia <laughs> questions. You'll have to but wait a few more episodes, people. I'll have to was- wait a few more. I'm channeling my dad who it's his birthday is today, the day we're recording. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Mike Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a true Aquarius and we'll get into um those traits, but he is, he is a cusp. He's more on the Aquarius side, but he is a Capricorn Aquarius cusp. So if you look at our post, our latest post, you'll see that on our Instagram. I also have a friend named Mark and he is a younger version of my dad. Like he always reminded me of my dad. Like I Mm -hmm. worked at the Hollywood bowl and he was my supervisor when I was really young, like 14, 15. And he just has, is a wealth of knowledge and just so smart and into music and just a lot of similarities. So that'll okay. be fun. And my grandma, Jen, her birthday is this Thursday. So happy birthday, grandma Joyce. She's turning 93 this year. Oh my God. Happy birthday, grandma. Is this your grandma on your dad's side or your mom's? My mom's side. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. That's so cool. She can still play ping pong really well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I love it. I wonder how she'd do against Forrest Gump. I I don't know, <laughs> but she has some some fire in her for sure, some sass. She would she would probably win. Somehow. I would love to play ping pong with her. I love ping pong. I think it's a fun game to just like just like you said, with some sass and some fire. It's super fun. To bounce ideas around like an yeah, Aquarius. Yes. Um, and then two more shout-outs quick quickly. Kellen, um, my friend Amanda's husband who is an Aquarius and Jennifer, who we might have on, or she might ask some questions in a little bit. So um, excited for your season, y'all. 
Yay, Aquarius season. I mean, this is interesting because we both know a lot of Aquarians. We do. I think he's, yeah, Aquarian sounds better than Aquarii. I always wonder how you say it, but yeah, I wonder. I'm going to go with that. Okay. <laughs> now tell us about the symbol, Jen. I know it's like, looks like water, right? Exactly. So the glyph is like the two parallel lines that either they either wave or they sort of zigzag depending on, you know, how it's reflected, but it basically is representing water and it is the water bearer, which is this mystical healer who bestows water or life upon Mm. the land. So the idea is this water is representing the truth, um, inspiration, visions for a brighter and better future for humanity, Mm. which I think just, you know, it speaks very truth to what an Aquarian is all about. So Cara, tell me about the planets that rule Aquarius. Well, when I looked it up, it, I did get two different results. One said it was ruled by Uranus and one said it's ruled by Uranus in the modern and the traditional Saturn. So I'm going to go with that, that it has two parents and I'm sorry, but I just want to say that I keep thinking it's Uranus. Like since I was (laughs) young, I thought it was, I mean, I know a lot of us probably still do and I'm actually not even sure anymore. What's the right way to say it? I was going to say, I thought it was Uranus. It's interesting because I also didn't realize that it had a traditional ruler of Saturn. I don't know how I didn't realize that. So that's cool. I mean, it's got mom and a dad just like, what was the past sign that did that? I can't remember now. Uh, I think it was Scorpio. That Scorpio had two parents. Yes. Um, But it kind of is contradictory in a way because Uranus is like the change maker, um, challenges ideas, a little bit of a rebel. And then you have Saturn that's like a little more grounded and structured and disciplined, like keeps you within your limits. And so I see actually maybe they would work really well together as long as you have an understanding of both parents. Um, Yeah, because I, one of the things about Uranus, Uranus, I don't know, um, (laughs) is that it's very much about technology and advancement um space travel aerodynamics um and being surprising right and to me i think it kind of makes sense that the aquarians have this sort of balance between the two because they have those aspects of being solid and structured as well Mm -hmm. as you know what i mean a little bit surprising and rebellious yeah that actually makes a lot of sense i love that and i think it's interesting uranus is one i haven't really said much aloud and also haven't really thought about much so it's it's interesting (laughs) that you know this planet is like coming alive this season so learning a lot more about it well it's the age baby it's the age (laughs) of uranus (laughs) oh goodness let me resort back to my childhood no i'm not in the past like the goats i'm not i'm not i'm moving (laughs) forward we're definitely moving forward right now. So speaking of what's in your chart, do you have any planets in your chart under, under Aquarius? No, ma'am. But I have to say that it is the opposite of the Leo sign. And so, you know, opposites can clash, Mm -hmm. but they can attract. And I remember Carissa sharing this in Leo season that there's an understanding you know, I think she said her best friend was, was an Aquarius and the people that I have in my life that are, I feel like I understand them. Like I'm not 
necessarily expressing myself the same way. I may not take action in the same way, right? But there is some sort of level of like admiration and understanding. And I really do feel like I almost not worship because that's extreme, right? But I almost like really hold them up to this uh, light, you know? I just feel like they have such a a hope and like idealism and like that mm. opinionated strong yeah. sense of self that I like really admire. So, you know, I'm fixed yeah. too and I'm stubborn also. So like. that's interesting. That's funny. Cause I was also thinking how I can relate with um, Aquarius because of it. So they're an air sign. So there are definitely some mm-hmm. aspects of me being a Gemini, at least a Gemini cusp, right. Depending on, you know, Yes. how I'm feeling in any given day, I'm feeling like more like a Gemini <laughs> or a Cancer. Yeah. Um, I definitely can relate with some of those air qualities of the Aquarius. So it's funny because you're relating with them because of their fixed sign and I'm relating with them because they're an air sign. So that's kind of funny. That is interesting. I mean, I think that's why these signs are so dynamic. There's ways we can connect with all of them. I mean, yes. when we get to Pisces, we'll talk about that, but for me, but um, I'm just kidding. I have a lot of Pisces friends, <laughs> friends and family. I love you. Um, but what about you? Do you have any in your chart? I don't have any planets in my sixth house, but it is in my sixth house. And mm. just like you, I'm sure it's in your sixth house too, because we both have Virgo in our first oh, house. Oh yeah, we're partying alone in there. Yes, exactly. Um, but it is the house of daily routines, health and wellness and employment. So I think mm. that's funny because I think I definitely have sort of a structured sense of health and wellness and, um, I, I really thrive when I, when I really stick to routines, I don't always do that because there's part of me that likes to be a lot really flexible and flow with things like a cancer. Right. Um, but I, well, I really thrive really well with health and wellness by keeping to a structure. And so I think I can really relate with that. It makes sense to me. Now let's get into the traits of the Aquarius. We kind of mentioned some of them, but Jen, what did you think were the strongest traits that an Aquarius has? Yeah, Aquarius are very innovative. They're progressive and humanitarian, like we've been talking about. They're super smart and super social, as you know, most air signs are. All, maybe all the air signs, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super visionary. They think big. They really are good at teamwork and collaboration. They like working in teams, and they're really interested in the greater good. So the other thing that I found is that they're very eccentric and even sometimes quirky. Um mm-hmm. And have a lot of spirit. Like, I definitely can see that in, like, all of my Aquarius friends and my dad. Like, a lot of spirit and a lot of, um, like, you know, vivaciousness for life, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, And really valuing freedom. They really like freedom and, like, their individuality. I'm sure you've discovered that, too. And I also found that they really like to disperse knowledge, which I think is hilarious because I do find that – all of my Aquarius friends, they like love to talk about something, whatever it is. Like my dad loves yes. to talk about politics. My friend Laura is a teacher, so she like literally dispenses knowledge. And my friend Willow loves to like talk about like um, she's also very much into astrology, but loves like she's like a, she's an herbologist, so she knows all of these like mm-hmm. different like natural skincare, natural health um, herbs and things you can do for yourself. So anyway, it's, I just find it so true that they just really love to tell you all about, <laughs> all about their expertise. Um, I will just say yes, yes, yes to that because my dad is, and Mark and everyone that I've mentioned actually just loves to talk. I mean, and I don't mean that in a, it's, it's a good thing, but they're talking about things that are interesting, right? They're talking about things yes. that, that mean something, 
Um, my dad like talks about dates and history and just and art and music and football, which that one, I don't really, <laughs> maybe I don't listen to that one. <laughs> go Lions, go Lions. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, and my friend Jennifer, she's very much into politics and she will, she will tell you how she feels, you know, she will tell you her opinion, but it's like, I'm interested, you know, I want, I want to hear it. I just find it like, that is yeah. so fitting what you said and definitely an eccentricity. I mean, I don't know. It's a scale, right? But I yes. mean, just, and I always found myself a little bit eccentric. So like, I love that. It's like, it's an intensity. It's um, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit quirky, a little bit sense of a humor. Like there is a sense of humor there. Um, and yeah, a lot of spirit, a lot of energy. I mean, there's this, this like, even though it's an air sign, I almost feel like it's the most action oriented air sign maybe, or yeah. I might be wrong about that, but I think you're so, I think that's so true. Like I think a lot of other air signs might be a little bit, um, f- you know, flighty or flaky. I mean, I think that's the perception at least whether they are or not, but, but Aquarians right. to me are so not like that at all. Yeah. I mean, they, they're very idealistic and creative and, and very much, even though they're autonomous and they love the freedom, I think, like you said, they do like to work with people and challenge ideas and, and they, you know, they want to get into the why of things. They want to learn like how thing why things are the way they, they've become. Mm-hmm. So even though they're future centered, I feel like there's a little bit of like the present and the past in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. In order to bear that water, you know, you got to know, you got to know how heavy it is. And that's true. You're well, carrying it around and you're bearing it, right? <laughs> what you're putting in. <laughs> and that's interesting because also that dispensing of knowledge is almost like this dispensing of the water, right? Which is what the water bearer oh, does. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. But mm-hmm. now going into the challenging traits with the water. Yeah, when we think find? of water, we think of kind of sensitivity and emotion. And it's interesting, though, though these Aquarians mm-hmm. are social and, you know, get along with people and, and friendly. I felt like there was a lack of emotion when I was this, this tendency towards detachment, which could be that freedom, right? And that like, you know, maybe not putting intimacy first, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they don't value it, but maybe just like, you know, friendships more than romance or like the work more than, or the ideas, right. More than the actual yeah, um, interpersonal relationship like that, that comes with, but it's not top priority. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I found that they, they can be maybe a little bit too rebellious sometimes. Um, and they're, they're like big, like ideal, I, they're big visions and idealistic, like, thoughts of things can sometimes put their relationships on the back burner mm-hmm. um especially if they're like really into like you know whatever they're they're whatever they're you know preaching about so to speak and um so they can it can kind of get in the way sometimes and they're not great at compromise it's interesting because they're great at teamwork mm-hmm. but they're not great at backing off on their opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. push their agenda if you will yes thank you that's a great way of putting it i see you i hear you <laughs> But I'm not going to be swayed, right? Especially yes. If you oh have my two gosh. Aquarians, what are you going to do there, Jen? I don't know if your theory is going to pan out. Like I don't one. know. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. The last thing I I did read, which kind of plays off of what we said, is that there might be some 
you know, loner vibes. Like they might just give off that, like, they don't want to let people in, but that, that lack mm-hmm. of emotion again. So I think maybe just, um, finding a way to connect with them, which is probably just having a conversation. And totally. <laughs> that's what Carissa was saying. It's not on the dance floor, but maybe, you know, in a cigar room or something. Um, yeah, it's so true. If you're willing to listen to like their dispensive knowledge, if you're willing yeah. to like be showered with their water, then they'll, they'll get along with you as long as you're, and I do. And I find that to be true. Like as long as you're willing to listen to them, you don't have to agree per se, yeah. even, though they, even though they want you to. As long as you can get a word in. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I already named them, but I try to get a word in it. It's difficult sometimes. It's, it's difficult, but I'm yeah. fascinated. I'm always like, yeah, I'm fascinated, but can I say something? <laughs> Let me ask a question. Um, anyways, well, tell me about the mythology behind this. I'm curious about this story. Yeah, it's interesting. There's actually quite a few stories that are kind of related, as usual, because, you know, the Greeks and the Romans and the, you know, and the ancient Egypt, they all have their own kind of version of it. And it's, again, always interesting how they kind of relate. But um, apparently the constellation is linked to the son of King Tros. And this guy was supposed to be, like, super attractive. So Zeus either sent an eagle or he himself transformed into an eagle. Like it's, you know, there's like kind of controversy on which one it is. But anyway, mm-hmm. sent this eagle that carried him to Olympus to be this cup bearer to the gods. And the reason why he did this is because he wanted him to have eternal youth because he was so attractive. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. And then another story says that this, um, that Aquarius is the son of Prometheo who survived a flood that was triggered by Zeus and um, they built this boat and saved themselves. And then they became known as the ancestors of humanity. Hmm. So again, sort of related, sort of kind of interesting because it kind of almost sounds like the Noah's Ark story. So I think that's kind of interesting too. Um, And then in ancient Egypt, Aquarius was known as the God of the Nile. So they, so even as far back as Egypt, it was sort of related to this God of water in a way. I love that there are different versions of the story and that they kind of tell a tale of the traits of the Aquarian because you kind of hear one side being kind of vain and a little bit like liking to disperse knowledge, right? A little bit into, um, well, this is about looks, right? But the other one is right. <laughs> kind of the, the humble aspect, right? Because a lot of Aquarians are pretty humble, the ones that I've met too. So I feel like it kind of has a contrast, both of the stories. Yeah. And being, and saving, right. Saving humanity. Yeah. Right? I think that's kind of interesting that you're right. Like these, this kind of contrast in Aquarius is represented by these two different myths. That's interesting. Mm. And maybe it's Uranus and uh, yeah. know, Saturn. having. Yeah. Effect. Maybe. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, perfect. So yeah, the um, constellation itself was, is also, as I mentioned earlier, found in this, the sea, which is the area of the sky, where there's a lot of other water signs. And it's actually one of the faintest constellations, but it is the 10th biggest. So this mm. water jar Asterium is part of the constellation that's pouring water, which is like literally like a stream of over 20 stars in the sky. The the water jar itself is like four stars, and to me, it looks nothing like a water jar. But um, somehow, back in the day, maybe when different stars were brighter and you know different parts of the world, you could probably maybe see it more as a jar. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe the stream was like the main thing. Like the stream that sort of looked like 
you know, an obvious stream of water. Because obviously this was like kind of all clearly related. But again, it's not, you know, the water itself isn't, that's why it's not a water sign. It's because it's a water bearer, not mm-hmm. a water. So it's the person who's like giving water to the land. Carrying life and yeah, yeah. Making, making meaning out of it and protecting in a way. Exactly. Um, protecting and looking out for it for sure. And telling us what to do. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say with their very opinionated ideas of how things should be. Yep. The fixed sign in them. Um, well, I'm ready to taste some chocolate. I know we both already got started on ours, but. Um... Mm-hmm. I was just munching out it. You probably could hear me. I was like trying to quietly like. <laughs> oh, I, I just know that we are always going to be uh, tasting chocolate when we're recording. So it makes yeah, sense to me. It's part of the fun of it, right? Come on. Part of the fun. Now, I chose a maker that we interviewed at the Northwest Chocolate Festival. And yeah, he actually is a Pisces, but I'm telling you, Jen, I couldn't wait. I felt this bar was super fitting for an Aquarius and actually for a Pisces, but it's kind of like the water is the connector in a way and nature. Uh That's cool. So the water bearer, I mean, feels like a water sign in ways. So I felt let's do it. Um, It is the bar that he gifted us at the festival. Um, It is a green yuzu 70% bar from Venezuela. Mm, I love yuzu. It's so good with chocolate. It is amazing. And we'll get into the flavor notes. Um, But this is a company from Tokyo, Japan. The maker is Takayuki Adachi. And maybe we should just listen to the interview and then get back. Let's do it. Yeah, my name is Tateyuki Adachi from Tokyo. Wonderful. What's the name of your chocolate company? Yeah, I'm the Bintuba Chocolate Company from the 2015. Yeah. Wonderful. And do you know your astrology sign? Astrology sign? Yeah. Uh, what's your birthday? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just the day, not the year. <laughs> okay. Uh, March 18th. Okay, great. Pisces. Pisces, yes. Wonderful. Tell me about your chocolate. What's your favorite chocolate? My favorite chocolate? Yeah, I, we have a variety of the, the like, a 15 bar, the single Aussie. Okay, yeah. yeah. From the lots of anywhere in the world. So yeah. Especially the, I from to the, I, don't, I go to the, the farm. You do, okay. Yeah, by yeah. each one. Yes. Then I pick them. So, oh, wow. So how to do how to produce or how to fermentation or mm-hmm. right then i bring back to tokyo then i made it yeah that's mm-hmm. wonderful Thank you. is there a favorite farm you have or a favorite location ah yeah the esmeralda the ecuador is good yeah and also the tanzania okay. cacao family is good yeah lots of lots of good. yeah mm-hmm. what are you most excited about in the chocolate world right now mm. I think it's people, so I yeah. can I can meet uh, lots of you know good friends, good people, farmer, yeah, brand. Mm-hmm. I yes. like that. I love that too. We love meeting you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to use one word to describe chocolate and and your love of chocolate, what would the one word be? Uh, mm, cacao is uh, not special thing. Cacao is a fruit. Yes. So, but people is love the you know fruits and making or effort or during the they do that do that lots of time or that kind of things I, I love that yeah you know? wonderful thank you thank you so much thank that's everything much. yes 
He was such a generous and wonderful gentleman, don't you think, Kara? Yeah, he really was. And I have to say, like, when I looked him up, I found a lot of really creative, innovative, um, you know, experience that he has. And not only is he the founder of this green bean to bar chocolate company, um, which they founded in 2015, he's also traveled the world um, to learn about different cacao in 2019 he and his company established a cacao research institute in Bolivia and tried to make the highest quality cacao. So really just focused on, you know, direct trade and quality chocolate, single origin. And then get this, he's also a nature photographer. And I also discovered that he is the feature of a documentary film called The Taste of Nature, all about his bean-to-bar chocolate and kind of just infusing nature and going to different locations around the world to find cacao. So it's pretty amazing. That's cool. What, where can you find the documentary at? Can you see it like on Amazon or something? I did notice that it was on Amazon. I'm not sure if you can watch it in English, but I'm assuming so. Oh, so. Right, right. Of course. Because I remember them talking about that documentary at the festival. Remember they were going to feature maybe part of it or something? They were going to yes. do an interview with him there at the festival, which we didn't get a chance to go to because we, we were, were busy. interviewing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so many interviews, but so many. I mean, even if it is in Japanese, that would still be really soothing, I think. And watching it um, visually, I think, would be stunning just to see him go to South America and, oh, you know, for search real. for cacao. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool to watch. Actually, you're right. Never thought about it being soothing. But yeah, he has a website that I'll definitely drop the link in the notes, but it shows some of his uh, photography and also a bit about the documentary. And he even has a whole photographic exhibit on lions from the Serengeti in Tanzania. And it's just, oh my gosh, wow, beautiful. That's why I'm thinking Aquarius and I, we're good. Uh, I was just going to say, like, you being a lion yourself, you know? Yes, although I guess he's a Pisces, so my south <laughs> node. <laughs> I but, love it. But this, this movie just looks, like, very interesting, and um, it's just about a Japanese man connecting with the world through nature and through chocolate. And so I'm just, like, so fascinated by his story and their company, and they have four different chocolate locations in Japan. Um, another place to visit. <laughs> Definitely. Let's go to Japan together, Kara. I mean, uh, he was, like I said, I just felt so much respect for him from his staff there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I really, now I want to see this documentary too. I didn't realize it was on Amazon, so I'm definitely looking it up. We should watch it and, and see if it's in English. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think it would be amazing. And you know, this bar, I looked online and I couldn't find um, the green yuzu bar. I wonder if it's it was a special bar or out of stock, but um, a yuzu, and I know you know, but it's a cross mm -hmm. between like a lemon and an, a mandarin orange and um, has a lot of antioxidants. It's full of vitamin C. Um, and the reason I chose it for the winter is it's also good for winter season. It It's known to be a frost-hardy citrus fruit um, oh that's cool I didn't know that I'm not surprised it is such a great it is such a good flavor with chocolate I mean you know me and my 
citrus to chocolate except for orange <laughs> yes. but um like lemon to me with chocolate also is very very delicious and so it's kind of it's got that same sort of like I don't know same kind of like combo flavor exactly it's um well I'm gonna taste it so yay so is this a combination with a dark chocolate or a, a white chocolate I can't remember it is a dark chocolate it's 70 percent and um, yeah, I mean, it just looks beautiful. It's in, it reminds me of a dandelion bar in the little squares. It's wrapped in gold mm. foil. Um, it has this beautiful like green and blue packaging with flowers on it. Um, just very, gives me the sense of serenity, which I think like mm-hmm. Yuzu um, can, and it can help boost your immune system. And it also can brighten things up. And I did read too that um, in Japan, there are actually yuzu baths. So people will go for aromatherapy with like yuzu hot springs. And I mean, doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah, that sounds really amazing. Add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could create our own little oasis. Unfortunately, the place I'm renting in Hawaii doesn't have a bathtub. So mm. that I won't be able to do. But maybe I could recreate it with... um I don't know, Mm. some yuzu. Um, Speaking of, I actually Mm. found this amazing Japanese little store here. Side note while you're tasting, then we'll get into the flavor notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I found this Japanese store that actually had a bath gel that has this amazing, like, sort of, like, citrusy smell. It's, like, it's somewhere between grapefruit and orange. And maybe it is yuzu. It could be. Mm, It could be. Definitely has the grapefruit note for sure. Um, Yeah, definitely. Get back to me on that. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the mandarin orange comes through more than the lemon and right away it brightens my mouth. It like opens up and enlightens my mouth just like an Aquarian would with their high ideas (laughs) and ideology. I love Um, it. And I'm getting a lot of lime. Like lime is really coming through strong and, you know, a little bit of, it's like a little tart, a little tangy. Um, yeah, a little bit like the peel, but not okay. not bitter. It's not leaving bitterness in my mouth. It's definitely like combined with that deep chocolate note. Because Venezuelan chocolate, not to categorize, every chocolate tastes different, but it does have those like deep chocolatey notes, kind of like Jessica mentioned. Um, and I really taste that combination. It's It's lovely, actually. It's Oh, it's just really invigorating. And I feel like Aquarians are like, they can't sleep. Like they have insomnia because they just have so much energy and <laughs> intensity. And that's, that's what True. I feel if I have this bar, like I don't need a cup of coffee. This is like stimulating. I love it. Sounds delicious. Mm. Now, what about you, Jen? I can't wait to hear what bar you brought. I brought the most delicious bar. It's already half gone. Of course. I've been mentioned, as I mentioned, throughout the episode. But I chose a bar from Letterpress. Oh, yay. Yeah, we just talked about them a couple episodes ago. And um, they have a limited edition bar. And it's from Sao Tome which is an island off of Africa. So, and by the way, you just got to check out pictures of this island. Like, it's another place, Cara, that we, you and I need to go visit. It okay, is so I'll beautiful. <laughs> I mean, just look them up online and you're going to be blown away how beautiful mm. this place is. And um, it was apparently 
formerly a Portuguese colony and had a terrible cast of slavery on it. So mm. one of the one of the things about this bar that I thought was really cool was that they are trying to um, fight injustice by, you know, basically buying cacao beans from this organic co-op of over 400 farmers from seven different communities that have been harvesting these beans. So I think that's really cool. So it's kind of a unique blend for this like limited edition bar. Nice. And it sounds very true to Aquarius, like the collectivism and also just, you know, taking a stand on something. Yes, exactly. That's why I picked it because I thought it was perfect for Aquarius for that reason. In fact, on the outside of the bar, it says on there, fight injustice. And um, there's another quote from Benjamin Franklin. I thought you'd be excited about that. Yes, little Ben. Yep. (laughs) It says, which I think this quote is great, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Hmm. What a Capricorn. Right? And it's sort of like, um, it's kind of like a little nod to kind of craft chocolate that it's worth, you know, the price of maybe a little bit more than you might pay for, you know, uh, regular grocery store you know, milk chocolate type of thing. Move over her. She (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you talked a lot about letterpress last time. So if you guys don't know about them, you should go back and listen to that episode, but it does say on the outside of the bar too, that they are starting with the world's best cacao and they sort hand roast crack winnow grind for at least 48 hours and age for at least a month and then Mm -hmm. temper and wrap all their bars to bring about the, purest most expression of each origin they source so I thought that was really cool I love the transparency and just yeah letting us know how it's made I mean it's just a perfect introduction to craft chocolate yeah I really love it so I'm gonna go ahead and take a bite and tell you what I think and is the molding kind of like a stamp a letterpress I know that they have their image on actual chocolate yep it has like the two it's almost like it's two stamps of their I don't know if yours was like that like their like sort of logo with Mm -hmm. the um mm -hmm. yeah it's the same thing beautiful Mm -hmm. it's like a little scenery that has looks like um someone in a wave or something and there's like a cow pot on there and oh yeah I know a plane bearing water right oh yeah yeah you're right that's exactly what it is it's hard to see because I've got my fingerprints all over it (laughs) perfect so what flavor notes are you picking up? Mm, so that's just interesting. I was really hoping, okay. So first of all, every time I take a bite of this bar, it tastes different every time, which I think is kind of cool. Like I literally mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting different notes from it with every bite. And because it's from Africa, I was kind of hoping it would have like that bright fruity flavor I usually find in my Tanzania bars. And it does, it's there, but it's kind of like kind of in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. it's kind of like um well first of all the first flavor that comes through is a real deep chocolate i know that chocolate note but it's like a real like fudgy true chocolatey note that i'm getting mm-hmm. and yeah. then i'm getting this um i'm gonna say like a s'mores bar <laughs> because it's it has like this sort of roasted marshmallow flavor like it's not quite like a regular marshmallow it's like roasted almost and I definitely can mm-hmm. almost taste graham crackers in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds amazing. And they're really smooth, right? The bar mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really smooth. And it's got like a, like the fruit is like almost like a red fruit, but it's more bright, almost like a citrusy. Like 
I don't know if there was like a red citrus. Pomegranate. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. A little and, tart. Um, mm-hmm, a little tart. And I would also say um, there's a little bit of, I'm picking up some cinnamon. Like mm. I, I kind of feel like there's some, like a cinnamon note. Like obviously it doesn't taste like there's cinnamon in it, but it has like that note, like that, like a spiciness that's like very subtle. Oh, I can see that for the Aquarians when they're zing zinging their thoughts off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's a- <laughs> and then there's also like a little bit of a coffee, like almost um, like a brighter coffee. Like, you know, when you have a, a brighter blend from somebody, I'm mm-hmm. definitely getting that kind of at the end for sure. It's interesting because on the bar packaging, it does say that it's got notes of peanut butter and caramel um Mm. but i'm not really getting that really i mean it's okay your own experience yeah i'm not really getting the nuttiness but i I can see the caramel maybe a little bit it's like more of that like again a brighter caramel maybe um well all that sounds so eclectic kind of like Mm -hmm. aquarius i'm just gonna tie everything to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really really good oh Loving what a it. journey. You're dispensing your knowledge through sensory experience right now. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. So thank you so Ugh. much, David and Corey. I know you guys are in California, but you definitely are bringing some amazing flavors from around the world to us. And I appreciate Wow. We traveled to a lot of places today. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you say we travel to the body parts ruled by Aquarius? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so, did you know? Let me disperse some knowledge your way now. Okay, let's um, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the Aquarians rule the ankles, calves, shins, and the circulatory system. So oh, interesting. Quite a lot, actually. Yeah, quite a lot. And really, just you know that whole idea of being close to the ground, like your feet supporting you or your calves and shins supporting you, right? As you're standing on earth. And I actually read that because Aquarians are so future centered, it's like the human go between earth and in space and just like this, this idea of gravity. So I thought that was interesting to connect, you know, that piece. Yeah. I could see that because like we were saying, they're a little bit more practical than most air signs, right? So they're kind of like, they definitely have those air qualities, but they're more like the go-between. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. I can take mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And as someone who has Raynaud's disease, which is like poor circulation, like mm-hmm. I get it a lot in my toes. I'm thinking that this is why it's the opposite sign for me. It's playing, it's playing a trick on me <laughs> just from <laughs> the other end of the Zodiac. I don't know. We're tied in some way. Yeah. I also think the circulatory system makes sense to me too, because of the water sort of connection, right? Like dispersing like goodness throughout the humanity. It's like dispersing like, you know, goodness throughout your body. Mm, I love that. Great connection. Now, what about the colors? Well, the colors are you're probably not going to be hugely surprised by this are a deep blue and turquoise, just like Mm. aqua for Aquarians, right? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Bringing knowledge to the world. The blue helps you calm and center 
um, as an Aquarian has a lot of thoughts that go in a million different directions. That's one thing about Aquarians I can definitely relate with. And um, so, yeah, I can see the blue calming them. I personally love blue. I find it so calming. Aqua is probably yes. my favorite color. So I can definitely see the attraction to that beautiful color. And I'm also attracted to Aquarians. So there you go. There you go. Attracted to all signs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But I did see too, like shades of purple, lavender that could also work um, mm-hmm. for the Aquarius. Because lavender is also, yeah, so calming. I can see that too. Mm. Soothe me. Take me down from yeah. my, my coffee high. <laughs> so I know you found some cool herbs that were related to Aquarians. What did you find? Yeah, I found that plants that help relax the nervous system and kind of help with circulation are good for Aquarians. So parsnip, chamomile, passion flower. I'm sure you love that. Mm-hmm. Hops, um, aloe vera, spinach, oh, cloves, yeah. and catnip. Also Queen Anne's lace. Do you know the look of a Queen Anne's lace? Yes, I, I do actually. Yes. <laughs> when I looked it up, I was like, ah, that's what it is because I've, you know, you do see it quite often, but I just didn't know the name. So I guess Queen Anne's lace has a warming effect on the body because it has um, bitter qualities. Uh, The heat of it aids in oxygenation and helps prevent problems like varicose veins and things that maybe an Aquarian would be prone to. So quite a few herbs, little Aquarians. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, I found some good careers for Aquarians. I don't know if you did any research on this, but to me, this all made sense because of all I was thinking about all the Aquarians that I know. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but they make great teachers because they do like to, you know, give their knowledge out. Um, And they also are great speakers. So they, um, because they talk about their vision and they speak with eloquence. So that makes sense to me. Um, Anything around space travel or flying because of their, you know, infatuation with the future, with technology, and also with air, um, Mm, which totally mm -hmm. makes sense. My dad was a pilot, and so, and he's always been interested in space travel, so that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Anything, any techie, anything in the tech world, right? They're techies. Um, So anything around technology, but also around sci-fi, also Mm -hmm. fictional writers that that are writing about the future. Yes. and then any, any kind of researchers in advanced anything, whether it's tech, medicine, anything, because they're, again, they're futuristic. So will you and find them at Comic-Con? Yeah, probably would. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, you can find a lot of geeks. I'm sure there's a lot of Aquarian geeks at Comic-Con, for sure. Oh, sure. And, and then, of course, the most obvious is the activists and their mm, politics mm-hmm. and social justice, because they definitely want to improve and change the world. I love that. It's got a lot of variety, but I definitely see a common thread. And yeah, I mean, they can still, like we said before, even if it's a future centered sign, it can still want to understand the past. And I think that's why like teaching and um, Mm -hmm. social justice and, you know, you need to understand the context and history in order to, you know, contemporize things and think about today. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. You go, humanitarians, you. Yes, you go, you Aquarian geeks. <laughs> I have to say, I found out that Oprah, this is a sneak peek for next week, everyone, but you know, Oprah's an Aquarius, so that's saying mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I can't wait to dive into our celebs. I know. I know. I agree. Yeah, there's a few, there's obviously gonna be some celeb 
Aquarian, so we'll be talking about them. So, are you ready to hop into trivia? I am anxious to, like, be the winner again. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. No, I'm just kidding. Uh uh I have a lot of knowledge to disperse to you, so um, a few questions. One is bonus points, but are you ready? I think so. Okay. Uranus has 27 known moons. That is a lot. Wow, that is a lot. <laughs> I, I don't think I knew that. It is the third most of the planets. So which two other planets have more moons than Uranus? Oh, so there's two more planets that have more moons than Uranus. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to guess Pluto and Neptune. I'm sorry, Jen. It is. I could see why, because they're farthest away. Exactly. Yep. That makes sense. Your logic, but it is Saturn, which has 146 moons. If you can believe it. Whoa. Overachiever. And (laughs) Jupiter and Jupiter. Okay. Which has 95 moons. So I was halfway thinking about Jupiter, but I was like, "Eh, I feel like it's more likely to be further away. That's interesting. Okay. And I went to trivia the other night and they actually asked that question and the answer, well, they asked what the third most was and I didn't guess Uranus. I guessed, um, what did I guess? The one before Saturn, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> but part two of the question um, is these are sometimes called literary moons. In fact, all but two of them are named after a famous author. And so I'm going to give you a few of the character names of these moons, and you're going to tell me the author. So why are they called literary moons? Who are they based on? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. I see. So there's a famous author that used these character names. Exactly. And these are the names of the moons. Got you, got you. Okay. So Miranda, Mm -hmm. Ariel, Mm -hmm. Titania, and Oberon. Why does Oberon sound familiar? Oberon. Is that from a Shakespeare? I'm going to guess Shakespeare. Ding, 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 ding. Ah! Oh, my God. I got it Yes. Very good. Yes. So William Shakespeare is all but two of the moons are named after characters from his plays or writings. So pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I had no idea. That's really, really cool. Yeah. There's this whole podcast all about it that I found when I was doing my research so pretty interesting that is interesting I also wouldn't have guessed also that Titania was a name that Shakespeare had used um fascinating yeah Titania and Oberon are the king and queen of the fairies from A Midsummer Night's Dream okay that's why Oberon sounds familiar. That's the one Shakespeare play that I've actually had a chance to see a couple of times. My, well, that's not true. I shouldn't say the one. I've seen many. My parents used to take me to the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon every year. We would go down in the summertime, and my aunt lived in that area. And so we would go visit my great – it was my great aunt. It's actually my mom's aunt. But the point is we would go, and on the way down, my mom would always read Shakespeare plays to us on the way down. That's really cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And I just remember, I particularly remember that play because I really loved it. So, okay, cool. I love the Shakespeare. I played Titania in seventh grade. That was fun. Oh, you did? That's amazing. 
Oh, well, are you ready for your question? I really want to win also. Okay, let's see. I am going to ask you why Aquarius is the rarest zodiac sign. In other words, there are least amount of people that are water barrier babies. <laughs> yes. Um, well, if I had to guess, it would be because... Well, it falls into February. So February is the shortest month. And that makes me think that it might be the least common or that has the least amount of births. So you are right. That's my guess. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. Yay. You got one right. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face the facts. I get a lot right. But I ask you multiple questions. So I think that's different. Yeah. No, I love it. You did great. That was perfect. That's, that's the reason why they're so rare. Good job. Thank you, babe. So now that we aced the trivia, let's find out what's happening in the sky so we can ace the week ahead, Jen. Let's do it. Let's do it. So as you know, we just had a full moon. And so you'll probably still be feeling that energy today Mm. for those of you who are listening when the podcast releases. So, um, and that moon is still in Leo on the 26th and it will be square Uranus in Taurus. So you might just need to get to the heart of the matter because otherwise you're going to be feeling a little restless if you're trying to, you know, skirt around the real deal. So really just get to it here, y'all. Um, <laughs> and on the 27th, this is actually kind of a, a fabulous day, which is tomorrow on Saturday, Jupiter moves into Taurus and that could potentially highlight your lazier side, but also it could potentially just mean things were just going to work out without you actually having to put it in a lot of extra effort, right? Hmm. I like that. Yeah. And then also on the same day, Mercury is in Capricorn conjunct Mars, which is also in Capricorn. So this is actually a fabulous day to take some actions on new plans, to communicate, to have tons of ideas, And also while this is happening, Uranus comes out of a retrograde and goes direct in Taurus. And so it's a good time to start looking at the future and making changes that will really happen. So the idea is there's going to be, for the next few days, you're going to have a lot of energy, enthusiasm, all kinds of unconventional ideas that you can actually implement because Mars, Mercury, and Venus all Mm. in Capricorn. Oh, perfect. Get shit done. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. And then on February 1, Moon will enter Scorpio and it squares Pluto, which is an Aquarius. So um, there might be some power struggles there due to some like passionate beliefs about stuff. So try not to get sucked into the drama and just keep your cool. I mean, lean into the passion, of course, but you know, don't let it lead to, you know, a lot of uh, drama or fighting amongst yourselves. <laughs> like a Scorpio would want to unleash. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jen. That's, again, a roller coaster of emotions and planets. But I feel like I feel well-versed in what's about to happen. Yeah. I mean, let's just, just – the real cool, exciting thing is this weekend. This weekend is really cool because a lot of planets – are in Capricorn and it's just going to be a great time to like get shit done and have lots of ideas and actually implement them. So go do it y'all go do it this weekend. We'll bring in sexy back. <laughs> Sneak peek for next week. JT. JT. My fave. One of my faves. <laughs> One of my faves. And we can't not bring in Brittany again. You know, it's going to be a ride everyone. So yeah. 
stay tuned for episode two of Aquarius season where we get into the celebs and pick a bar that matches our celebrity traits and just have a blast gossiping. Yeah, have a good time. We're going to, as we always do, you know, let's uh, pour some water on this uh, fire and get the heck out of here. <laughs> let's get out. Uh, maybe I'll hop on a plane for the, I, I don't know. Yeah, come visit me in Hawaii, sister. That would be so fun. We could do the next episode in person. I'll Just bring like, the care package with me with eat. one little square of yuzu. There you go. That yeah. way it won't melt before it gets to my front door. <laughs> We've got a long list. Yeah. we got to start booking these flights. But that's we what do. Aquarius is all about. You know yeah. it, sister. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah. I dream of chocolate, chocolate, bate, bate, chocolate. Yeah. I dream of chocolate, chocolate, bate, bate, chocolate. Yeah. Chocolato, chocolate. Chocla, chocolado, chocolada. Chocolate, yeah, brum cacao. Chocolate. Chocolate. I like chocolate.